0: On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it's another NFL season and guess what? The New York Giants suck again. 0-3, looking at potentially 0-10. I try and talk myself off the ledge with an early season Dr. Melfi session. And we've also got perhaps the most fascinating regular season game of all time. Tom Brady comes back to Foxborough to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots. We've got Bill Hughes's take on that game, plus much more on Double
1: Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might
0: wanna tune in, talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and
1: Aaron. Man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't wanna miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, double down Trent, let's go.
0: This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host. Back after a two-week hiatus, it's been a whirlwind for me, but I am back. Got some fun stories to share with the crowd, all kinds of stuff happening, but tonight we are welcoming on our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, bud?
2: Oh, Kaz, I'm doing great now that I'm looking at you doing the podcast. Ellie's here on Earth with us, birth of a baby girl. All things are good.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So my wife gave birth to our first uh, child, the lovely little girl, Ellie. It's been a wild couple of weeks here. Two-week hiatus. Really wasn't even a hiatus because I probably slept about cumulative about 24 hours in two weeks. So that's good. But uh, it's been wild. And, of course, joining us.
1: Our Patriots expert, living in Philly, Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, boys and Cass. Uh, congrats! Welcome to the club. Um, it is uh, it's an exclusive club, but at the same time, uh, you know you're going to get your you'll have your hands full at the beginning here. But uh, try and get some sleep where you can, and uh, try and do everything you can for your wife because obviously they had to go through the uh, the brunt of the experience. Thank you, my friend. Yes, I've
0: been trying to do that. Been taking that advice to heart. Uh, you know, doing a lot. I'm trying to do as much as I can to buy me some, uh, you know, credibility that way on Sundays I can just sit and watch some games. I'm telling her, like, listen, I'll yep. take the baby. I'll do all the stuff. I'll change the diapers. Let me just watch my games. And it's been working so far. Uh, I told Coulter this a little beforehand. I want to share with you, Hughes, the New York football giants. Let's just get it out there. <laughs> let's just start. So my, my daughter is born a day before that Thursday night game against the Washington football team. And I'm thinking, you know what? We've got some excitement here. Maybe Ellie comes into the world. She turns this thing around, and the Giants get going. (laughs) So I'm sitting in the hospital. I'm watching the game, and she happens to be awake at the very end of the game. And I'm thinking, come on. Like, let's get a little luck here. Maybe Ellie's going to steer things for the Giants. And, you know, maybe this will change the direction of this team. And lo and behold, what happens? He misses the field goal to win the game. Like, holy shit, it (laughs) worked. And then, of course, the flag comes out. We all know the story. And I was like, well you tried but this stink is just too big for one person to change the fate of the Giants and yada 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 here we are once again 0-3 so it's just going to be a long year for us Giants fans yeah Yeah,
1: it was definitely been a tough couple weeks for you and I think you know at the end of the day the Giants are just like in flux like I don't know how to to totally describe like where I think they're at I think they can come out this week play great win a game and I wouldn't be that surprised I think a lot of other people probably would but uh, but I do think like there's something there's something off, like whether it's karma, whether it's just they're not quite good enough to get over the hump this year so far. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely too much stink for one person to turn around, no matter how important and impressive that person is.
0: It It's just so brutal. And it's the fifth year in the last six that we're owing three. It's like the 10th of the last 11th that we were over to. I mean, it's just it goes on and on and
1: on. I mean, Wait, I don't get did it. you. Did you see that number that they haven't had a winning record in like the last like 10 years? or something? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Since Pretty. that, uh, that no, playoff, wasn't 10 years. Before. It was, it, it
0: was that playoff. You really were on the boat with uh, with Eli yeah, and At no
1: point in any season
0: have they had a winning record. Yeah. And Gettleman's like 15 and 38 or something as a GM. I mean, it's I just, it's, the guy's got to go. And, and I mean, losing, Mar- and losing Martinez is brutal too. It's terrible. He's the centerpiece. And then even Nick Gates, I mean, Nick Gates isn't a great player, but he at least played with passion and like was the heart of that offensive line. When you lose a guy like that, I mean, it deflates the locker room. I said to you guys, I think they're going to be on 10. I really do. And I know it's a pessimistic angle in this thing, but <laughs> I just don't see any wins on their schedule. I mean, Coulter, talk me off this ledge if I can. I mean, it's a little early for a melty session in the season, but Jesus, it's, it's kind of warranted, isn't it?
2: It's hard for you to go 0-10 when you win in week four. Uh, Whoa. the giants money line is looking extra juicy. I think people are hopping a little too hard on the saints returning home bandwagon. You have to remember the emotions will be high, but I think that splits kind of goes both ways. Um, I think the saints will have an advantage, uh, at some point, but I don't know necessarily if it's in this game. So I think there's too many points in, in, uh, that giants and saints game. I'm definitely going to take New York football giants, uh, plus seven and a half to do a little preview of week four. But yeah, no, I know I, I think it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, it's it's a bad situation, obviously this uh, season, and and it has been with Gettleman. But you have to get him out uh, and then kind of jumpstart the team. I think you might have something with Judge, so you can, you know, hold on to him as a coach or Clearhouse. But you definitely have to get rid of Gettleman, um, and then he, unfortunately for you, Kaz, you have to go through the NFL draft again. So maybe I guess it is doom and gloom. But I, I mean, I think it's one of those situations where you kind of knew that going into the season and you've been more, you've gotten more confirmation on the gloom side of yeah. things. You're right. And I, I
0: got a hand up. Obviously we did the preseason pot. I thought the giants would win the division. I thought they'd sneak out a shitty, like, you know, nine and nine and eight. was this year? A nine and something record. So, yeah. I mean, just completely wrong there, but I got to say, I, I do have hope now for this draft only if Gettleman is gone, that guy cannot, have two first round draft picks in his in his control for the fate of this franchise. And I think the only silver lining that I've got right now is that the Giants are probably gonna have the number one pick. And then they might also have the number two pick because the fucking Bears are just <laughs> as bad as the Giants are
1: I mean, let's be guys. I mean I, I, I think I don't, that's the only silver lining. I, I, I don't disagree with you and I this is this is a crazy take. I was uh I, I was criticized by some of my other giant friends. Um why not just take trade those two picks for Deshaun Watson and just be done with it. Bring in Deshaun Watson, call it what it is. You got two top 10 picks that easily gets in based off what it sounds like they want. And you just pr- play for next year, keep people healthy. And you got Deshaun Watson as your franchise quarterback going forward, assuming that he gets well, yeah. past whatever he's going through. Cause I guarantee
0: what's going to happen is as soon as they trade for him, he's going to get arrested. <laughs> he <goes> to franchise. <laughs> he's going to shoot himself in the leg. Style. Yeah, we am full of go <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. Now we've got a lot of other franchises on this podcast that are, you know, major storyline that we're gonna save here. But Coulter, mm-hmm. I mean, your Broncos, I, I gotta give you credit, man. You called it. You said take advantage of the schedule, and they've done just that, my friend. How are you feeling after the first three weeks?
2: i uh, love to be three now, heading into October. It's been five years since we've been competitive. Uh to this extent and, you know, sharing the lead of first place with uh, Vegas is nice. We'll see if the team's for real. I think Baltimore is a, you know, some real competition. We'll have some more, more of that in weeks to come. I think Vegas is coming in week six. So good to take advantage of uh, uh, bad teams, but you know, Oh, and nine combined record, uh, uh, the three teams we played and three of the five worst teams, the NFL. So take it with a grain of salt. Got to like the result, though. Team is playing well heading into the second month of the season. So grateful, happy, and uh, excited for Sunday because I think the underrated game between the Ravens and Broncos.
0: Yeah, and who would have thought that the Chiefs would be in dead last and you guys would be 3-0? And uh, who knows? That division is going to be wild coming down to the end.
2: We should discuss, and CBS is going to do this to us, and so we all know it, but we should just get ahead of it, and maybe we should tweet at them, um, use the podcast as leverage. Nobody wants both games are on CBS, Denver uh, hosting Baltimore, great AFC game. Um, you know two, I think teams that will compete for one of the wild card spots in the AFC later this year. And, uh, and then the other, other CBS will be competing against Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben. Nobody wants to see Big Ben at this point. Put the old dog out to uh, to die at this point. And uh, they're going to give us, unfortunately, we're going to get the discount, double-check, Rodgers, Pittsburgh, uh, Green Bay, history, two historical franchises, and yada, 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 put us to sleep because that game's crap, and the Bronco game actually is good, in my opinion. Vegas understands that, too, because the Bronco game's a – one and a half point spread. And I would love touchdown they, spread.
0: I wish they would make more four o'clock games. I mean, I, I don't understand why every week there's like three or four games. Most of them suck. And you got to watch like a terrible game,
1: but
2: shouldn't they do it this way? Cause now we have social media. They should, you should be able to vote if it's CBS and it's like, okay, we know we're going to have a national slot and then the other games can be regional. Can't the fans just vote on what they want. The national game on CBS to be on Sunday Like, and then just do it that way. And if if the nation decides it wants Green Bay Pittsburgh, it might actually decide that. That's fine. But, like, let's put it to a vote because I'm actually intrigued. Like, if you're a football fan, I think you want to watch the better game, which is definitely Denver Baltimore. The Green Bay game is going to be so ugly. Big Ben is done. And not to keep stepping on the week four corner. I know we're getting there. But, God, I mean, the guy is shocked.
0: He's terrible. I mean, the videos of him just completely falling while throwing like a screen pass is absolutely hilarious. His interception—I mean, the guy's just washed. And you know, there's a lot of franchises. It actually gives me a little bit of uh, satisfaction knowing that there's other those other franchises like the Giants that thought they could keep winning. So the Steelers drafted Najee Harris. I mean, <laughs> what they're the kind
2: of like uh, ancestral cousins, the Steelers and the Giants. Yeah. are they not. Oh, absolutely. Their owners
1: are kind of related, I think, or something. Hughes Hughes likes that. Yeah, I do. I I think I think that's an advantage. I was actually trying to look up the uh, broadcast pairings for this week to see who got Nance and Romo. Oh, I was um, gonna say, we're, I'm sure we'll get,
2: we'll get the Rogers and Brothersonberger because they played the Super. They played in the Super Bowl against each other. They're going to use that angle, And stuff it down our our throat.
1: Yeah, you're probably right.
2: Gotta be. Um, do we want to
0: do a quick uh bad top or bad coaching segment? Because I mean, they're out there, boys. we've got some bad coaches.
2: I think yeah, we could use it as a Thursday night primer too. I think Urban Meyer has to be the the pinnacle right now. Uh and everybody else is chasing him. Chicago fans think Matt Nagy probably has that top spot, but this is obviously Urban is a number one podcast as worst coach. And they're I mean we've been anti nagy too for, for years now. He he, he, he's second, but I think it's, it's urban and then Nagy. And I think it's pretty clear that that's the one too. And then uh, we've been debating it on our text thread, but I I think Robert Sala uh, is in over his head with the jets. Um, I'm just not really impressed with what New York has done uh, at all this year. So I, I think he's, he's, I know they have a young team and he'll have a lot of time and he might be good three years from now, but right now the team is not prepared. And from a gambling standpoint, that means we have an advantage to fade this guy. So this is why we do the exercise. So uh, he would be my third. And then Mike McCarthy is just God awful in game execution. Uh, <laughs> that guy's just a catastrophe. I know they're two and one, but I think it's because they're super talented. And uh, the, the I hate to ref- get the Joe- The Jones family credit, but the talent on that team is actually pretty high. So
1: they they almost called timeout for Mike McCarthy (laughs) during (laughs) that fucking game this past weekend. (laughs) This this is how fucking bad it's gotten in Dallas. The ref is looking at him like, you want a timeout, right? You want me to <laughs> fucking call a timeout? No? Wait, what the fuck? You, you could have the ball with like a minute like and Like 50 a half seconds, left. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, oh my God, it was bad. And again, he just looks lost. And yes, they are winning in spite of him because they do have one of the premier offensive coordinators, I think, in the NFL right now as it relates to I agree. the weaknesses of defenses. He's going to be their head coach sooner rather than later. They keep winning. They'll keep him protected. Um, yeah. Someone used the analogy they did the same thing I think with Garrett, maybe when he was their offensive coordinator, you know, Jones knew he was going to be their head coach, groomed him. And then they're doing the same thing with Kellen Moore. Um, and so, I, again, I think it the Cowboys are such an interesting thing as to whether or not McCarthy does end up costing them games um, down the stretch here, uh, because I do think, you know, Dak is playing lively.
0: Yeah. And I, I got to say, too, their defense looks better than I thought they would. I gave out Micah Parsons as the uh, defensive rookie of the year in our pod in the earlier seasons. They moved him to defensive end. I mean, he's exactly. awesome. He, yeah, I mean, that great. guy is just dominating. So I think I like that pick a lot. Um, I've got McCarthy on my list. He's my number five. The only thing I'll give him a little bit of credit on that I didn't realize is that he actually um, kept Kellen Moore's offense and learned Kellen Moore's offense as part of the deal to become the head coach, which I guess is kind of like, uh, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> expect that it's from better, a head coach. It's, be- Hold it's better
1: on. than his Yeah, it's better. Do we know if that's true or if he just lied about that too? Because the fucking guy lied about everything. Oh, yeah, I watched every play. Hey Mike, when you watch every play, I didn't actually watch every play. I just told Jerry that because I want to get the job. (laughs) Like, oh my god, this fucking guy. You never know. Fucking guy. But yeah, Hughes,
0: you said at the time management. I mean, there anyone who's ever played Madden knows. And when to call a timeout there, like you're getting the ball back with a minute to go in the game, in the
1: half, like call timeout. <laughs> I don't know if you, you were watching the Manning cast, but fucking yeah. was screaming at the TV. Like, yep. I mean, it's like not like a hard call. And at the same time, if you have any killer instinct and they were playing well, they were moving the ball with ease. Why in God's name at home, would you not give yourself, even if it was with like 25 seconds left to get into field goal range, let your kicker fucking line one up. I, I just, I did not understand it at all. I don't think anybody did. And Mike McCarthy just chilled on the sidelines saying, no, no, I'm good. Yep, I'm we're good. good. Unbelievable.
2: We're good. We're um, good. Honestly, Mike, McCarthy McCarthy would be higher, I think, if the team wasn't two and one and Urban right. Meyer and Nagy weren't in the league. Uh, right. His in-game coaching is is just bereft of any sort of intelligence or understanding of NFL yeah,
1: logic. I, and I will say, i uh, not say I'm supporting Urban Meyer this week, but I do think, um, Jacksonville plus seven and a half against a Cincinnati team that to me is a little bit wounded and on a short week seems like that might be the play this week. If you guys want, if anybody wants to bet that game, that's going to be my pick in this, in our picks league, not one of my key picks for this thing, but I do think, do think we see urban maybe get a cover this week? You know,
0: interesting. He's own three win, great teams cover. Yeah. He's owned three and own three against the spread my list, uh, urban, then naggy. I mean, they're the fixtures, Uh, I got to put my guy, Joe judge up in there. The guys made some terrible decisions, not knowing when to go for it on fourth down, just some terrible, terrible decisions that he's making. He's challenging, unchallengeable plays, losing timeouts. It's just, it's embarrassing Um, McCarthy. And then I got Nick Sirianni. I think that win uh, in week one got people off the scent a little bit, but that guy's clueless too. I mean, that Cowboys game, where was Miles Sanders? Did he just forget he had him? I mean, I think the guy had two carries the entire game and, Let's be honest, guys. I know we talked about it. The highlighter in the visor is not helping its cause either. I mean, you can't you can't be a flashy, dicky douchehead like move if your team sucks. You can only do that if you're winning.
1: Yeah, it's looks like it's a high school football coach move. Um, I agree with you. I think he seems like he's in way over so.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, you know what I, I've been flirting with
2: who my fifth guy was all week and I had judge there, but you just pointed out the uh that Monday night highlighter thing. I hate that. For Sirianni, he's got to be my number five. It's so
0: bad. So bad. I feel Uh, bad
2: having three rookie coaches in mind, though. But I do feel like uh, Urban could quit. And I do think the Jets are really poorly prepared. And I feel like Sirianni could be one and done. So
1: I was trying to think who has the best roster out of those teams. Like if you were to put like a decent like because I actually think like the other thing about this is all of those teams are not very well constructed. And I don't think any of them are necessarily in a position to be successful and they are definitely compounding it with some of their mistakes. But like, I just, I mean, that Eagles roster has now been fairly beaten up by injury um, on the offensive line and a little bit on defense. And I don't know, like some of the, the jets do not look great. Maybe they were the best one, but they've been, I mean, injuries story, the whole, from the start of training camp. And I don't know, I'm interested to see how this season plays out. Cause a longer season with these teams too. Yep. We could see some really bad teams. Like, teams that are just like we're not going to risk the health of some of our other guys we're just going to play some of these duds a lot of guys on ir this year is my guess
0: yeah okay let's review the chains picks for last week uh colter you went to zero, oh, my friend detroit plus eight and a half against baltimore and cleveland minus seven and a half against uh, the bears good job by you hughes tennessee minus five and a half versus indy that's a winner new england minus two and a half versus new orleans that was a big old l Mr. Model, he picked uh, Arizona minus 7.5 against the Jaguars, as did I. That was a winner. His key pick, though, did not come through Tampa Bay, minus a half a point against the Rams. The Rams looked really fucking good. Uh, and I'm happy. I bounced back, 2-0. I picked the Denver Broncos, 11.5 for the Jets, and my key pick was the uh, Cardinals, minus 7.5 against the Jaguars. Bet against uh, Urban Meyer until he backfires. I'm, that's what I'm saying, boys. I'm not picking him this week, but it's been working.
2: I know. So that was the definition of, I just had a, a newborn and I'm, I'm mailing it in fading the Jaguars and jets <laughs> on the podcast exactly. and going to, and a very smooth I mean, move. Uh, yeah. Kaz and, well done. Well, yeah, done. don't,
0: don't overthink it. Sometimes sometimes the obvious play is the right play, you know, Keep so it simple. I like it indeed. All right. Let's kick off week number four with our first pick. Let's go to you, Colter. Take it away, my friend.
2: All right. Uh, I don't know if we've, done a monday night football game on the pod yet so i'm gonna do best bet number one raiders plus three and a half divisional games as we've discussed uh i like getting value with teams um when they're playing in division like this especially with the hook big positive uh, about la chargers they won an arrowhead right that's gonna be the news we hear all week right this is so cool Uh, So has this Raiders team. They actually beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead last year. It can happen, and it has happened. The Chargers are not God's gift to green earth. The Raiders are just as good as they are. This isn't that special of a moment for the Chargers. It happened to the Raiders last year. Chargers are too pricey because of this accomplishment. Derek Carr is a top-five MVP candidate by rule. I have to take that type of quarterback at plus 3.5 against any team. Hughes, do you want to jump in or no? Because you look like you're ready. I
1: wanted to give you one supporting stat, so I'm not cross-firing. There is going to be three quarters Raiders fans at this stadium. It's well, in LA. I was getting, LA, I, I was getting you were going to get there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's I think I'm with you on this. I've been, I, I, I love this pick.
2: I don't understand how you could get to three and a half with knowing the fan thing. Yeah. I, I was going to use that as a cap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, as a familiarity with this team. So he knows uh, what he's playing against. He's actually played in this venue before they played, played there last year. Uh, They failed before the Raiders, so they know where they're at in their season. I love all the trends for the Raiders and the storylines. I'm not necessarily saying that John Gruden is smarter than Staley. I think we saw that Staley knows what he's doing. But I think the three of us can agree, and long-term results are going to show this. The Raiders as a franchise are relatively good in late-game scenarios, overtimes, and the like like that. And the Chargers are just not, period. They are a cursed team. And there's something to that. When you're getting three and a half, I think it's super important. Uh, lastly, as Hughes was jumping on, this is a home game for the Raiders uh, more than it is for the poor misplaced Chargers. The fact that that's being overlooked by the odds makers is just ridiculous. I don't get how this uh, couldn't come in at uh, minus two and a half or even a pick em. Uh, something like that there's legitimately zero home field advantage to this game if anything i'd give a point to las vegas actually for being uh more home fans uh as Hughes was pointing out that's saying in a neutral field these three and oh raiders are actually going to be four and a half point underdogs to the chargers because of what the chargers beat the chiefs last week i don't understand it our doubts in Derek carr uh the fact that the Raiders have played three close games. All the arguments you can poke about the Raiders to me just make no sense. Cars playing electric. They've won close games as a team that's firing on all cylinders. These are all good things, not bad things. The Chargers winning a tough road game and uh, doing so against an a overrated uh, a divisional opponent who the Raiders are have played, as I already, already pointed out. These, this team is just overinflated the Chargers right now. Uh, give me a break. L.A. has done this before. Um, everybody's been let down by them in the past. It's Carr versus Herbert. I'm getting a free three and a half done deal. Let's go Raiders. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm with you. I like that pick. I think the reason this is three and a half is that recency bias from last week. You saw chargers beat the chiefs and the Raiders struggled at home against the dolphins that had, they had no business struggling in that game. So I think that's why that spreads three and a half, but you're getting, I think a really good team in the Raiders. I mean, I am surprised they came out three and oh, but they've, been better than i thought so i am I'm, I'm taking the points as well here you get that hook and it's a divisional game these games are going to be close and you guys both hit it on the on the head there it's going to be a ton of raiders fans that's not going to have a home field advantage for the chargers so I i'm mean, with you yeah
1: especially after watching the cowboys play there i mean there were so many freaking cowboy fans there it, it was so it, it just is not a home field advantage when they're going to play teams like that that have that you know built in i mean you maybe even any team i mean there's to what colter said they're so out of place that like anybody they play is going to travel. One, it's a good destination, kind of like Vegas. Vegas is going to have the same problem. It's kind of funny. Yep. Vegas will have more fans at their game in LA than they'll probably have at home when they play Philly or some team like that. You know, because like yep. everybody's going to travel. but It's just going to be so weird with those teams and their home field advantage. You're trying to figure that out from a gambling perspective.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think the Raiders are a team that are, they're going to play close games. Like if they, if they were a three and a half point favorite, I don't think I like them. I and mean, we saw that last right. week with the, with the dolphins, but they play close games. So if they're getting points, I'll take them. I'll take those points. Yeah, let's the bank, again, my
2: to, and, and this was key last week to some of my picks. Vegas did not win people money. They screwed over. I think 90% of people that were backing them and the chargers won people, the money, the people that backed them on the money line, the people that backed them on the plus six and a half. So I love these kind of spots. I'm going to look for them every single week and until they fail me, I'm going to keep taking them. So yeah, Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders. That's going to be my first pick. I like it. All right, Hughes, let's get your first pick.
1: Um, So actually I'm going to go to what the game that we're going to be all watching on CBS with Jim Nance. I did confirm that Nance is in green Bay for the Packers and the Steelers. I'm getting the, taking the Packers minus six and a half. The Steelers are dead Dogs, and I would say I would have put Mike Tomlin on the the five worst coaches list. That's not his fault, though. This team stinks. I can't even. I can't imagine. Like, and I got a little bit overconfident with how they played Week One. Right, a lot of reasons he buys in terms of how they play against the Bills. But at the same time, I mean, this team is just not good. So I'm going to take the Packers. I do think the Packers are also playing lively. Aaron Rodgers has got something to prove. I think that number is a perfect number for what it should be. And I think the Packers win by a touchdown. I love it being below seven. Uh, So I'm on the Packers all day.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there as well. Um, They're starting to come into form. And we saw, I mean, they got out of the gate slow. That was a really weird game. And the opposite you could say about the Steelers. They won a game they shouldn't have won. And I think people were high on the Steelers. And they're like, oh, shit, the defense is back. Big Ben maybe has one more year left in him. That could not be further from the truth. I mean, that guy, talk about playing in cement. I mean, holy shit. I mean, yeah. if you you don't even need to blitz him. You can get to him with your front four, and if you can do that, you, you can just kill him because he can't throw deep anymore. And their offensive line is just shot. I can see. I don't even know is it, is, it, is, it, is it Darius Smith on the Packers just going off? I can see them getting a ton of pressure to their front four and making Ben throw the ball. Yeah, I mean, less than a touchdown at home. <laughs> Give it to me all day, baby. What do you think, Coulter?
2: Yeah, I was going to say Hughes took my. What was going to be my best bet? I'm going to work on the fly and give our listeners another one. But, yeah, I love this Packers. I like the under seven that we're getting in the contest. I, I It's already gone up to seven, no surprise, uh, on most books. I don't think I've seen a six-and-a-half since the contest line went out, which, thank God, it locks, right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unlike previous weeks, the one thing I don't like about this play is that I'm I'm just jumping right into the pool with the public. I think all the people are going to be back in Green Bay. But you know what? I just don't care. The Green Bay secondary has one of the best players in the league in Jair Alexander. Pittsburgh's offense is so predictable. I mean, 19 targets to Harris. This is like a middle school offense. And to Hughes' point, I don't like what Tomlin's doing right now with Pittsburgh. Uh, this team is just rudderless. If we take out that week one win against Buffalo, Uh, what do we have here? Wouldn't it be four and a half green Bay on a neutral field? If you add in the two and a half for home field, you get the magic number of seven, which we beat here uh, with seven uh, with a six and a half in the contest. I think green Bay is actually were three points in the home field. They've got better fans than most uh, home fields and they have the weird turf field. So I actually give them a full three. So I think this number by my estimation should actually be seven and a half. So we're getting a free point in the key crossing of seven. I don't see things getting better for Pitt. They're going to just fall behind in this game. And we've said this before about guys like Lamar Jackson and some other bad quarterbacks. Ben doesn't have an arm. And behind, when he's behind, if they get behind 10 points in this game, literally Green Bay, floor. here's your game plan. Get up 10 points and start taking knees. They cannot come back from down 10 points,
0: period. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's no chance they come back with that. Uh, they're just dead. I think they're dead in the water. They should never have brought Ben back. It's tough moving on from a franchise quarterback like that. And you see, you see, you get into this, I don't even know what you call it purgatory. Like the giants are in, but you just have to do it. And they've just mismanaged man, managed that, uh, that process. So I'm fading the, the Steelers for the foreseeable future until they prove me wrong. And it's just, that's it. Okay. I uh, I'm going to an old theory that I have a good team off a bad loss. Okay. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks here. Okay. I'm going to take them getting some points against a, I think, a slightly overrated 49ers team. I know the Niners are coming off that loss to Green Bay in primetime. If they had won that game, that number is going to be even bigger, but still, um, Seattle just beats. The, the Niners. They do. I mean, they're, they're, they're a team that dominates them. So um, I like them a lot. I think they're coming back off a tough loss against Minnesota. Something about San Fran, I'm down on. I don't know what it is, uh, what exactly it is, but Seattle, they're 12 and two uh, outright against Seattle, or excuse me, against San Fran in their last 14 games here. So I think this is a good opportunity for them to not only just get a cover here, but I think get a win. I think they can outscore the Niners and the Niners defense uh, is, is not as Vaunted as I thought they would be here. So I think Seattle has an opportunity to outscore the Niners. Plus they're getting two and a half. If that was three and a half, I might make it my key pick, but I'm going to take them plus two and a half against the Niners.
1: Yeah. Like Um, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think they bounce back. I mean, I am a little worried about Seattle. They, they sometimes go into these funks. Usually it's uh, in my opinion, a little later in the season. Um, But right now they are, I mean, struggling on defense to a certain extent. They have no pass rush. Um, So they got to They got to generate some of that. I think Pete will be able to figure it out. Um, Again, he's been around the block enough times. I think he'll be good. Um, And I also do think that the Niners are a little over. Um, Now, that being said, it might be just what the doctor ordered to have a home game against the Seattle defense. So that will be the only thing to consider uh, if Jimmy G can get it going, or if maybe we see a little bit more of Trey Lance, I can't imagine that they're not itching to get this guy some reps, um, they've put him in there in these weird situations where he's just running the ball, yeah. which seems like a little bit odd to me, and maybe like a little bit of a gimmick. Um, but at the same time, I do think maybe we see a little bit more of him. But I do like that pick.
0: What do you think, Coulter?
2: I'm gonna have to crossfire. You. <laughs> yes. All right, I didn't want to, but I, I for the season I'm I'm against. Seattle, I think directionally, Russell Wilson, as I think I've said on this podcast before, is one foot out the door. He's closer to his new team than he is to playing Seattle for the rest of his career. And I think Carroll's closer to his way out. And I just see more stability with San Fran. I see them getting the win. I the, I get the under three. So I, that's why the main reason why I'll, I'll do the crossfire. Um, I think you missed something in your handicap here. What do we know about Seattle? What is their fatal flaw? They cannot stop the run. They let Derek Henry go all over them. They let Alexander Madison, the backup on Minnesota, just tear them apart. What does San Francisco want to do? They want to run. They're getting healthy. Elijah Mitchell will play this week. They've got Sermon now backing him up. I think that's how Shanahan wants to have the rotation. They have other guys that can run the football. check can run them over. And to your point, Lance, if they get him in, he can start running the ball. I don't think Seattle can stop this running game. I think San Francisco completely dominates time of possession. And quite frankly, Seattle's a sitting duck, especially if uh, Tyler Lockett can't play. And if, with a hip and knee injury, I know he, he was a limited practice guy on Wednesday uh, when we were reporting, recording this podcast. I mean closer to him not playing with a hip, a severe hip injury. It didn't look good against Minnesota. I was watching that when he was out. Uh, if he's gone, I feel like that's a major loss for that offense. And, and to be honest with you, the only way that they're going to win this game is if they outscore him. Um, I just trust San Fran a little bit more than I trust uh, Seattle.
0: Okay. Crossfire accepted. First uh, live crossfire of the season. I've crossfired uh, in the episodes. I was not here and I've gone very poorly before me. So I'm hoping my live appearance does a little better.
2: <laughs> I had a feeling because uh, Mr. Model played uh, – par golf and i'm not going to crossfire him that we might not crossfire on anything because i have the as i mentioned earlier i have the uh, packers as one of my key picks so i did want to get one Mm -hmm. bed in at least Uh, we are recording and spending the time together we might as well get one one crossfire to me the juice is the action my
0: friend (laughs) exactly exactly and mr model did give us his pick so like you said he's playing par golf here but it's, I find this interesting. No faith in his own team. His first pick is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to mile high against the Broncos. He, this game had him all in a pretzel. He was texting us earlier in the week about this line that it looked wonky. So he's taking the Ravens uh, plus one and a half against the Broncos. Coulter, you're a resident Bronco fan. What do you think about his pick?
2: Yeah, I'm a little worried about how the defense can contain Lamar. And if he has a huge game on the ground, what that can do um, for their offense. I think the secondary will be able to clamp down on their weak receivers, and Fangio will have a pretty good, uh, you know, defensive passing uh, strategy. But it really, Lamar's legs is what worries me. And then, you know, if we fall behind. Uh, Teddy's played with a lead, right? I mean, I, I think Jacksonville scored on us first, but I mean, basically we went into cruise control, which any team does against Jacksonville uh, and took the lead soon thereafter. So, you know, this guy's had a lead for basically the whole season. So it'll be interesting to see if Baltimore jumps up and they're running all over us. How does the offense respond? I think we were talking pre-podcast. We're down two receivers. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think they they have some strengths that they can attack on our end and, and we can attack their weaknesses. So, That's why the the line is what it is. Um, I think the fourth quarter will be an advantage, seriously, because the Ravens have played a lot of close games, and we've got the mile-high altitude. Uh, In the pool, I'm going to take the Ravens as an emotional hedge, but I do think the Broncos have, um, from a gambling standpoint, I would say to the listeners that the Broncos really do have a fourth-quarter edge because the Ravens are tired uh, playing close games, and we we basically had a free fourth quarter last week uh, against the Jets. I can relate so much to
0: the emotional hedge in this pool. It's just, I never <laughs> picked the giants. I can't do it, but uh, a pretty good uh, handicap there. I'm gonna save my thoughts. Hughes, what do you think on that game?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the Ravens. I don't love, really love it either way. Um, it's just one of those kind of games that I feel like the, the Broncos are going to lose, right. They're not going to go undefeated. And so this seems like one of those games where Baltimore, um, again i think that there's a there's some sense of urgency there they've gotten lucky in a couple games um but i think that their offense is dynamic enough to put up a few points and it's really going to come down to two gloves and whether or not he can spread it around and um that's where i'm leaning towards the side of the ravens i do think it might be a nice little money line sprinkle too. um just get a little bit of plus odds on it and that's probably the direction i would go just from a value standpoint I
0: can't really get a read on this, this Ravens team. I mean, I've been up on them. I was down on them. I cross-fired with you last week, Colter, with them, thinking that they would handle Detroit. But I guess Detroit's a little friskier than uh, we may have thought.
2: I, I don't know. I, th- I think there is one key thing too. If I this is a really small detail, and, and what I would I would never say this is would be a key pick, but I actually think there's a sneaky, very under sneaky coaching disadvantage here. Fangio is really good uh, with the past secondary defensive strategy, as I pointed out. But I don't think he's really good with special teams. We gave up a kick return for a touchdown against Jacksonville. Believe it or not, that Agnew guy had one the week prior uh, to breaking the NFL record or tying it. So good by him for having two in a row. But, yeah, I don't think the Denver special teams are as good as they need to be. And and Harbaugh is a special teams ace. And then that game last week, as we all know, uh, Tucker made the game winning kick from 66 yards out. So I think. Baltimore does have some strong special teams advantages. And in a one point spread game, I think that does matter.
0: I I see to me with Teddy two gloves, you're you're getting a guy who's just going to play smart football and Baltimore's defense is banged up. So I I can see a situation here where if if Denver even jumps out to like a, let's say a ten-three lead, I can see them hanging on to that because Baltimore's offense is so reliant on Lamar. I mean, they didn't do anything last week in Detroit and I think Denver's defense is better than the lions. I mean, right
2: that's what you would think, but the NFL is going to screw with you. I bet I could see Lamar having two fourth quarter, like rushing TDs and breaking my heart and the Ravens winning like 28, 27 or something stupid yeah. like that. But yeah, on theory, in theory if the lions defense could contain them for 19 points, our defense should be able to contain them for like five. That's what you would think. That's what you would think. But What's I guess that? we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. And that's where, again, I just think the Ray and the Ravens just do this from time to time. I don't think that they really took the Lions seriously. And then they realized they were going to be in a dog fight and not to say the Ravens are in a position to not take anybody seriously. I mean, again, they're a little bit banged up. I do think they will be ready for this game. And I do think that ultimately, um, I, I, again, there's a really interesting scenario where I think you could put Seattle, Baltimore, and Vegas in a, just a three team money line parlay at the back end of this day, depending on how your day is going, I would, Recommended if you're up maybe not to try and get back into the, into the green but i do think that all three of those games could easily see the winner on the underdog side and there's a very compelling one in the early window as well because i think a lot of these games i don't know i'm looking at it and just the, the underdogs are gonna bark the dogs are speaking to you
0: <laughs> okay Coulter, i know you had the packers as your original key pick here do you got a, a one on the fly for us
2: yeah, speaking of the good good transition with the dogs barking, I, we ran after McCarthy earlier in the podcast. I like Carolina plus five and a half. This has moved down to four, so I I think I'm on the right side of it. Uh, I think it's just too many points. I don't know if necessarily Carolina could win the game, um, but I, I do like the five and a half. I think I'm getting the better coach by a country mile, and as we've talked about with McCarthy, he's going to screw up so many things. I don't think they really have much of a home field edge down there in Jerry World, maybe a Point and a half. So I think that's being overvalued. And you could say that I'm bringing the, you know, water pistol to a shotgun fight between Darnold versus Dak. But you know what? I, Darnold can manage the game and that's all you need him to do. I think Hubbard can be a, a McCaffrey clone and that defense is pretty good. So I think if they can contain Dallas keep the game close, keep it low scoring. 2017 is a winner for me. I wouldn't necessarily say this is like a best bet, uh, you know, or number two bet. I definitely like the Packers one better, but I I was considering this one and I do like the line value and the the movement already tells me that I think I'm on the right side here.
1: So just to add to that, because I agree with you, and that is what would, would have been part of and will be part of a early money line parlay. We're talking what? about short short week, long week. I love the fact that yep. the Panthers had extra time and I hate the fact that the Cowboys are coming off not a very difficult game. I'm not saying that they were tested really against Philly, but it's a short week. They've been a divisional game though. Divisional rival been, game. Yeah, Monday yeah, night. no, they, Football, were, yeah. they were hype. I mean, that the place was the place was rocking. That's a big win for them. Um it's a you know, it's a flag in the ground win. I mean, I think they're going to have to win those division games. That division's up for grabs for sure. Um, as we've seen, and you could make an argument that Philly the second best team in that division right now, with the way that the football team's played. So, I mean, again, you're like those are big wins. I think on a short week, it's just going to be that five and a half is juicy. I would definitely love. I mean, again, I, Colter's saying it's at four now and makes a lot of sense. But I would definitely, definitely consider sprinkling the money line on that one too, because I do think that Carolina's got a good enough coaching staff. With given that extra time, that is an advantage to them. Now, maybe having less time is an advantage for Mike McCarthy. You can make that argument. Um, so I might be a little bit in my own head here. But at the same time, uh, I do not think the Cowboys will be ready to play on Thursday, Thursday. Or, I mean, on a short week, not not on Thursday night. But on a short week, and I think I'd give the advantage to Carolina.
0: Mr. Model will be so proud of us looking at closing line value. I mean, we're, we're getting an extra point and a half here in our pool. Maybe a point depending on where you are getting your book. Um, I'm also with you, boys. I like the Panthers here. Um I think this is a huge mismatch here. I mean, Carolina is getting no love. I don't know if it's the Sam Darnold factor or, you know, what's going on here, but that defense is absolutely legit. Um, I could see this being a low scoring game. So five and a half points is a lot for the Panthers. And I mean, you guys both said the main point here. It's the long week and the short week. I mean, that that's a huge advantage. That's got to be worth at least a point or two. So I like the points there. I'm with you guys. Uh, Give me the Panthers. Don't
2: forget, Kaz. Let's use a little insider knowledge. Giants play the Cowboys the following week. All it takes is yep. one one big money line upset. Giants over Saints. I think I had hinted at that, that earlier in the pod. And Carolina beats Cowboys. And guess what it is? It's NFC East is on the line between the Giants <laughs> exactly. <and laughs> Giants God, and that division is
0: so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's, that's a classic look-ahead opportunity i mean all those uh all those little cliches are there for this to be a panthers cover maybe a panthers outright win there just saying you know i know hey. i mean just think about it. if if uh zerline misses that crazy field goal because mike mccarthy fucks up the clock dallas is all of a sudden one and two and this division is another hot mess one week up for grabs you never know
1: all right hughes let's get your key pick for the week Um, So my key pick for the week, I am going to uh, ride the commercial maven himself, Baker Mayfield. Um, I think that the Browns um, are going to dispose of the Vikings. Um, I think we saw a little bit of a, I don't want to call it an aberration. I think it was more about where Seattle was at than where the Vikings were at last week. I don't think Dalvin Cook's playing again this week. He may. So that is a possibility. Um, But at the same time, I've really liked what I've seen from Cleveland. Um, I feel like the Browns have a fairly well-rounded team. We've discussed the fact that they're very well-coached. Um, I think Baker's playing well. I think they've got two running backs instead of one, which Hunts looked really good. Um, and I think we all knew that that was going to happen once he got, you know, the, the time and space to play. So uh, I'm, I'm all over Cleveland. Um, I think that, again, their defense has been playing good. So my key pick's going to be Cleveland, minus one and a half. At Minnesota, um, again, home field maybe they do have a pretty good home field advantage there. that place gets pretty loud gets pretty crazy but i think the uh i think the browns go in and, and take care of business
0: okay that's also mr model's key pick he loves the brownies as well i guess uh you know when you beat the bears like that and you get a chance to kick around matt Nagy, makes people look at you a little differently so colter what do you think here
2: yeah i um I'm on the Browns, but I do think that this this game is an important one for our listeners because there is an unsolvable question here that we will just not have the answer for. And it's um, the Bears may, the locker room may have legitimately quit on Matt Nagy. And I think the Browns may have just boosted their own self-esteem by taking uh, advantage of a dead team. And I don't think the same thing is actually happening in Minnesota, despite what people are saying about Mike Zimmer. I actually see a team that's playing really hard for its coach. Um, I see the opposite. Uh, The the media likes to portray this as a team that's divided, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I guess that's what we'll see. We'll see on Sunday because I I see the Vikings as a live team, not a dead team. And I see the Bears as a very, very dead team with a bunch of egomaniacs on defense who have gotten paid and are not playing as hard as they used to uh, and all sorts of crap going on on offense. So, um, that would be my one word to the wise or word of caution. I'm on the Browns. I like the the coaching staff a little bit more in Cleveland, but I do see a Vikings team that, uh, week to week. I would, I wouldn't just bet against, I I think that this team isn't a dead dog necessarily. They're playing hard. They would have won right against Arizona. I think that's important. They played hard to the very end against the Bengals. It was a bad loss. Um, but they played two overtime in that game and played the finish line against Arizona. So,
0: yeah, um, I in the pool here, I'm actually on the Vikings and I'm debating if I crossfire this, uh, cause I don't know how much I love the Vikings. Um, but it's more to what you say, Colter, is that I think this team is, is actually pretty good and had some bad losses, some a couple of bad breaks here and there. I mean, they just beat the shit out of the Seahawks and I'm taking the Seahawks this week. So what does that say about me? Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, or maybe, maybe the Vikings are actually a pretty good
1: team here. Um, I mean, they've I, given I, up 80 points. Like, or almost, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't think their defense is that good. I, I, I agree. I, I'm not. Saying come and that get it. Well. Come and get it. Put your money on. I don't on love the Minnesota by any
2: stretch here. I, I was just saying that I think that they're they're fighting at the end of games. And I think that was more my point. Is that they're fighting. Maybe it's more on the offensive side of things, but they're they're putting up effort at the end of games.
0: Yeah. Uh, fuck it, Hughes. You talked me into it. I got a crossfire here. I got a
2: double-barrel <laughs> crossfire go. coming
0: down to action with Mr. Model and Bill Hughes here. Let's so, go. I, uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh-uh. Kirk Cousins. I'm putting my faith in Kirk uh-uh. Cousins. Uh, what am I doing? No. <laughs> yeah. Great question. Hey. Great question. I'll, 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 <laughs> yes, I do think they play very good at home. The Vikings play well at home. That is a home-field advantage for them. And uh, uh, maybe the Browns
1: just aren't quite where we think they are yet. I don't give a shit how many people can clap at the same time. They're not going to win. It's <laughs> done deal. All right, double barrel,
0: crossfire action. I fucking love it. I need some yeah. breaks. I need some breaks. Here. I'm getting slaughtered. Yeah.
1: Crossfire. <laughs> you got to get one of those five twenty nine college funds set up because <laughs> exactly start exactly. saving now. So here you go, Crossfire City. Give
0: me those crossfires into the bank account. We'll put it right into Ellie <laughs> LA Casale. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. That leaves my uh, key pick of the week here. Um, I'm just going to stick to my guns when it comes to picking against bad coaches. I am taking the Detroit Lions plus two and a half in Chicago against Matt Nagy and the Bears. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Who's playing quarterback? We don't know. If it's Justin Fields, if it's Andy Dalton, as long as Matt Nagy's calling the plays, I don't care who's under center because that offense is completely lost. Their offensive line is almost as bad as the New York football Giants offensive line, I don't see any life from that team. And, Colter, you said it earlier. I think the Bears quit on Nagy. I think they want him out of there. That guy is a clown, and this team is going in the wrong direction. The Lions on the other side, they're kind of frisky. I mean, let's be honest. They were a 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker away from beating the Ravens. Um, They're a pretty good team. I mean, they hung with the, the Packers for the first half of that Monday night game. I kind of like what Dan Campbell's doing there. They're not they're not going to win games here, but they might win this game, and they're definitely going to cover that two and a half. I wish it was three and a half again. I'm I'm in this little weird Vegas line here. My both my picks are two and a half here, but um, I think this team is good enough to beat the Bears. Uh, so give me the Lions in a divisional game plus two and a half. What do you think?
2: I am with you a hundred percent of the way on fading Nagy. I will say this, and I'll be honest. I am going to take a real simple, straightforward. Two-team teaser, seven points. Uh, Detroit from plus three to plus ten, and uh, Kansas City from minus seven and a half down to minus a half a point. And it's just going to be – that's going to be my teaser this week. I like Kansas City, Detroit. Those are my two sides. But I will take Chicago as an emotional hedge in our uh, pool. But I just wanted to say that as a fair warning, I'm going to take Chicago, but I'm with you on fading Nagy 100% of the way, and I love – I don't think there's a way in hell the Bears can win this game by more than 10 points. Uh, I I love the fighting Campbell aspect of it, divisional aspect of it. Uh, By the way, we should just put this out there. The ownership bought land in another part of the outside of the city. I, I love all the turmoil that's going on in Chicago. Fade, 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 fade. There's no way, uh, not to tack on the Chiefs part of this, but there's no way that Mahomes is going one and three against that shitty Eagles team. So I think these are two great sides, and when you add seven points to each of them,
1: that's my teaser of the week, nice and simple. All right, Hughes, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, and I would say also, as I mentioned earlier, I think there's an early window money line parlay Um, I think you could even pick which teams you want. Like, I think I like Atlanta plus one and a half at home against a Washington team. That's not that great. That game is so hard to pick. I don't know what
2: to do with that game. I see the the football team defensive line, manhandling Ryan into early retirement. But then I also see Atlanta beating the shit out of Washington by like 25 points.
1: Right, and and I will say the the football team's defense is due. They've been horrible, um, and I know Chase Young's been in the media saying like it's like a I don't know, put up or shut up or whatever whatever he's been saying. I'm not so sure I'm buying that. In Atlanta, coming off on a a win against the Giants, I think that they looked a little bit better. Now maybe that was more of the Giants, uh, but I do think it's take you know they've got a new coach as well, um, and they got to get Ridley the ball, and they got to get. Um, the new tight end, the ball, and his name is escaped pits. pits. Um, but I also think you could take Carolina money line. I, I mean, Indy money line too, was kind of staring me down because again, if anybody knows Jacoby Brissett, it's Indy. Um, and if Jacoby Brissett's starting for, at quarterback for Miami, I think they can give him some fits. Now that game is in Miami. Um, but Indy, I mean, if Indy doesn't get a win, where are they going to get wins? Like, I, I mean, we've talked about that with other teams, like they're and three, they need to get a win if they want to have any type of season. Uh, And I think Wentz is playing. It's hilarious that they've now elevated um, Humley to their backup and Eason's like out of the picture now. But, um, but again, if Wentz plays, I think you could roll with Indy too. So I think there's like four teams there that you could pick one or you could pick two or three of them. And I think make yourself some money. I mean, it kind of depends who you like the most.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, I'm on a couple of early uh, one o'clock underdogs here. So, some saw some opportunities. I like this. We have got some teasers. We got some money line parlays. We got it all out there. The one thing we have not discussed <laughs> is arguably the most fascinating Armageddon regular season football game. Maybe in my adult life. Maybe as far back as I can remember. Maybe in the history of the NFL. This could quite be the most interesting football game I've ever seen, and that, of course, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough to play the Patriots. Also, the return of Gronk. That's kind of getting overshadowed here, as it should, because it's obviously Brady and the Patriots. Bill, this game has got to be a conflict of the emotions here for you. Let me just uh, let me let me put you on the couch here. Let's do a little Melfi session. Let me talk through what you're thinking for this game and how you're going to be feeling when you see Brady coming out the visitors' tunnel in a jersey not of the Patriots.
1: So I'll start here. There's no conflict internally for me as to what I'm going to feel at these moments. And it is going to be a sense of one slight disappointment that he is on another team. But also, this is Bill Belichick's chance. Now, I'm not trying to say that this game should be more than it is or anything else, but this is his chance. And he's not. he may not get another one. They're never going to play again in the regular season, these two teams, Um, and so in Brady's career, unless he plays till he's like 75. Um, (laughs) But he's also, you know, this is the only team in the NFL he's never beat. So I think you could go down and say that this is the biggest Bill Belichick legacy game of all time. And I think from a game plan perspective, if anybody knows Tom, similar to what I said about the Colts and Jacoby Brissett, (laughs) not quite the same. Um, If anybody knows Tom, it's Bill. And so I do think that the pressure in this situation is all on Tom, but I think the legacy element of this is all on bill because I think again, like this is, this is going to be an important game for bill Belichick. Now that being said, I think they get after him, but I think that there is going to be a lot of <laughs> mixed emotions. Cause he's going to break the passive record in the first yep, quarter. A hundred percent. It's going to be fucking weird too. Like he's going to break Breeze's record and obviously breeze is going to be there. Which is also going to be fucking strange. The whole thing is going to be a spectacle, and it's going to be hard to really figure out. Like, is this going to be a true football game, or is this just going to be like a bunch of roses? And then we get kind of like a dud football game. Uh, I will say the pass did not look good against the against the Saints. So I think a lot of people are concerned about that. But I think some. I think Coulter might have mentioned it. There was a real potential look ahead element to that game with so many guys that are still on this team that played with Tom especially on the defense. So I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be insane. Um, the press and the way that things are going, I got Adele, you know, like yep. promos running through my brain. Um, I just can't wait for the game to get here. I mean, that's, ultimately that's my I think, company right there. Yeah, Great job. NBC <laughs> is a great, is a great promo. It's going to be, again, it's going to be a great spectacle as, it, as it relates to Just two titans of the last 20 years, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, who were ultimately divorced, you know, whatever you want to call it, and are now facing off in what could be, again, the only time that this ever happens. Super Bowl possibility, but that's it. They're not playing again. So it's crazy, man. And I think the fact that it's in Foxborough makes it even more um, exciting. I mean, you're going to have banners standing up there. The lights are going to be a little bit brighter. Sunday night than they've probably ever been on those banners. I bet Bob's got somebody up there shining them right now because they're going to want to show that like this is this is where you, this is where you left and uh, it's going to be it's going to be intense, man. I cannot so, wait. I cannot wait.
0: Let me ask you this: Is there going to be any fan that boos him? There can't be right. No, this is going no. to be all cheers,
1: right? absolutely there will be no fan that boos him. The only way the fans boo him is if it's like 45 to seven and he's throwing <laughs> touchdowns and dancing on <laughs> it. people will be pissed again. Like if, if it turns into like, and I don't know how Tom would handle it. Right. Like if, but if they go up big and he's spiking the ball and he's doing shit, then they might boo him just cause that's just what they'll want to do. Cause they'll be pissed.
0: And they got to
1: no, show some get-
0: kind of tribute video, right? Like they got to do this, this thing for him, right? They have to do that.
1: I think they want, I, again, if you want to try and get in a guy's head, Tom Brady does not want any of this shit to happen. There's right. absolutely no way he wants tribute videos. He's not going to want them to stop the game when he. I I was actually thinking they may stop the game with Breeze being there and do some but stupid fucking yeah. ceremony on the field. Tom will hate. They're them. they're they're a hundred percent stopping yeah. the game. They're hundred percent stopping will the game. Fucking hate that. And they I stopped it. I think, they stopped it for Breeze when he got. Breeze. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I that's where I think I, I do think that like Tom's. They're going to do things that I think they'll think will piss Tom off. Just, just in that like vein of like making it about him. Cause I mean, he, I don't know if you've seen any of the press, not to say that he's not fully making it about himself, but like he has already said like some of the stuff, I don't know if you saw the stuff about his dad, you know, and it's yeah. been hilarious with some of the stuff yeah. his dad said, and he kind of came out and was like, you know, I'm not responsible for anything my father says. And you know, he had to put him, him in a home if issues. she
0: keeps yeah. talking. Yeah.
1: And so like you know, it's been, it's been <laughs> playful to a certain extent, I think a lot of people have talked about this. The, the other interesting thing is going to be at the end of the game. What is the embrace, handshake, hug, anything between Brady and Belichick? Um, because I think that's going to be, you know, high theater. Like that, especially depending on how the game goes. If if the Pats get blown out, if the Pats win, I just it's going to be that that'll be an interesting thing to watch. So. I mean, I'm
0: so fascinated by this game. I have no Rudy interest. I'm not a Patriots fan. I don't. I'm not a Brady fan. I respect the hell and the guy's the best quarterback to ever do it. But this game is just, Imminently fascinating for so many reasons, and then I think that like the the football aspect of it is Belichick's a defensive guy. Usually, when these these storylines, it's like oh, the quarterback and quarterback they're playing against each other. They don't play against each other. This is a situation where Belichick, the greatest defensive mind in the history of the game, gets to coach against his former quarterback, the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, there's just so many elements to this, and that. Completely overlooks Gronk coming back too. I mean, Gronk's crowd favorite too. I mean, the the place has got to cheer Gronk as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think the fans will be generally appreciative of what these guys have done. I think they're generally appreciative of who they are. I think if they're upset about anything, it's that he left, or yeah, both of them left. Not that they are playing for the Bucks, or that, again, this isn't like you know some rival. Thing. I mean, if they came back on the Ravens, I feel like it'd be a little bit different. But again, this is—it's a very unique situation, and I think your, to your point earlier, the Gronk stuff has been overshadowed. I thought he might not play because of the rib injury. It looks like he's going to play, um, and he's another one that I think will potentially play it up a little bit more. But I think, yeah, I think people will be appreciative of both those guys. Um, I don't think they'll obviously be appreciative of like if Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass, they are not going to fucking cheer. Um, and if they do, if they do, I'll be pretty pretty upset. But I don't, I don't think they boo him or treat him poorly, I think. And if they do, I think it would be in a playful way.
0: Okay. All
1: right. I think
0: they have to cheer him. I mean, the guy basically created your franchise. I mean, the, without yeah, Brady. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just going to yeah. be one of the best games that I've seen in a long time. I hope it's not a dud. Do you want to give us a little prediction for the game and how it's going to play
1: out? I mean, I'm on the Pats plus six and a half. Colter, I'd, I'd be more interested in your unbiased opinion on how this is going to go. I just think it's going to be such a weird game that, like, betting either side of this is going to be such a herky jerky experience because of all the stoppages and all the video tributes, and all the other stuff. But I mean, if you're looking for the better team, it's the Bucks. I have this sneaking suspicion that, uh, Kaz, you kind
2: of underlined it. We're all, wa- we're all watching it for the, 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 kind of in-game moments and and the drama before the kickoff and all the storylines that we know and, and are familiar with, but like the unknown that we're all going to be, we're going to all stay up for this end of this game, right? Cause we want yep. to watch that handshake. So therefore I, I'm kind of hard pressed to think that this game's going to be like out of hand. So I think it's going to be close competitive in the fourth quarter. And then we're going to all be up and waiting for that handshake. It won't be one of those things where people are just like, "Uh, do I have to wait during this 35 to three blowout to see this handshake? Like, I think we're going to get a pretty good game. Um, I think Belichick actually is going to be able to limit what, Tampa does on offense and they haven't actually been limited on offense at all this season yet. So it'll be interesting to see them be a little flustered. And then I, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but there's the Tom Brady at night factor. Um, so I think just Tampa Bay is getting a lot of points. They're on the road. Again, they cross country travel. Um, I just think uh, the other thing too, they have the two pick sixes against Matt Ryan. So I think they're over a little overinflated there. They were stupidly uh, doing the thing that Pittsburgh did a couple weeks ago. And, You know, Hughes, you can cover your ears, but I don't know if it's Tom Brady's arrogance or if it's the Bruce Arians, uh, you know, riverboat attitude. What the F were they doing in that game down like 17 points? They're down three scores pretending like they could win the game with four minutes left. It's like, dude, bend the knee and accept defeat. Stop being a jackass about this. I don't even think it was four minutes. It was like 240 they're down seventeen points, and Brady's trying to run like the hurry-up offense. It's like get over yourself, man. The game is over for the capital O. Somebody got hurt in that game too. I think
1: it was Bernard. Yeah, they had they had a couple of guys get banged up. I mean, I, it, it's going to be the Pats have been great against the pass all year. I think they're top three in the league in terms of defending the pass. They have not been good against the run. I think we see a lot of playoff or Super Bowl, Lenny. Um, I think we, I think we see a steady dose. That's why I actually agree with you. I think it's going to be. I, I think the under is probably the bet here. Um, if you really want to take oh, a yeah. look at nice, it, oh yeah, nice tight game. Twenty four. It's going to be a field goal fest. Yeah, like like, that, yeah, yeah. Like and I, and that's where I think you know, and I think too, like games like this, like with all the emotion, um, they just tend to kind of go that way. Now whether it opens up a little bit, that that'll be yet to be determined. Um, and again, I think Mac Jones has played pretty well um, and can keep them in it. Uh, obviously losing James white looks like for the season is, a is a tough one, but they're going to have to activate the rookie from, uh, Oklahoma, uh, who had a fumble early and ended up in the dog, the bill Belichick doghouse, uh, being, uh, inactive in the last couple of weeks, um, Stevenson. So I think, um, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a ground and pound both ways. So we'll see who can, who can do it better. Yeah. Can't miss TV.
0: I think the one thing too that we're overlooking is Tampa's defense. I mean, they they just have not been good. They have not yeah. been good. So I I think well this, that uh, that will doesn't be close. that
2: doesn't that leave us open for a back door oh. or you know something where the the yeah. plus six and a half is favorable because I think yep you have a Patriots team that's definitely not going to quit ever in this game with Belichick. They're going to be throw throw throw. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I I just see a situation where the back door is open throughout the game. And also, this little tidbit, too, this is kind of trivial, um, but the first, or I guess Lawrence will be on uh, Thursday night tomorrow, but Jones is going to be on primetime TV in the spotlight. I think the NFL wants him to be good, and I think he will be good, uh, or at least efficient, especially in the fourth quarter. um, I I don't see him kind of melting away in the moment. I think he's played on tough stages, and I don't think the moment will be too big for him. I think the way I see it, even if Tampa's up, by 13 points, I could see him engineering a game, you know, touchdown, you know, four minutes late and getting us the yeah. back to backdoor cover.
1: And uh, best news for a backdoor cover is that the Bucks signed Richard Sherman, who's completely <laughs> toast and hasn't been good in five fucking years. And so they're going to trot him out after not playing <laughs> in the entire season to play corner. That seems like a fucking great idea for a defense that's been getting scorched. I, I mean, I don't know. Richard Sherman's totally, totally past his prime. And not to say Richard Sherman doesn't bring an element of professionalism, and I think you know maybe. Oh wait, no, sorry, he got a DUI like three weeks ago. I don't right. understand what's going on with this guy. I, I, I think it's great that he got another chance. I'm not trying to say he didn't give, but like him, people saying that that plays up the storyline because of, like the him and Brady thing, and like him going back to New England. He's not. He's a zero factor. If anything, it's an advantage for the Pats, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. All right, another fantastic episode in the books. I mean, let's everyone's gotta tune in to watch this game. It's like I said, the most fascinating regular season football game I've that I can imagine. So all right, gentlemen, that's episode 113 in the books. Wow. We'll see everyone next week on double down trend. Baby,
1: look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I wanna leave. You're a big winner. I'm gonna ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.